When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Blog Talk Radio.
What up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome to another installment of Brown Sugar and, Sugar and Spice. I'm one of your hosts, VPDZ, if you want to call up, 646-200-3462. Make sure you press that one button if you would like to partake in the conversation. And I actually got to bring, have to bring, I'm sorry, the main host on. I have to bring Dr. Faye in the building. Dr. Faye, what's happening? What's up, DZ? How's it going? Oh, man, I can't call it, can't call it. As, as Ice Cube would say, today was a good day. So it was indeed a good day. Good. <laughs> How was your day? Uh, today was a little long, but you know, always excited when mm-hmm. I have my show airing at night, especially about this topic tonight. I'm very passionate about, so really excited to see what's in store for tonight. I don't think the listeners will be disappointed. Got a great interview ahead of us, and um, great facts that that's really affecting our community. So, like I said, I'm very excited to get the show on and popping. Mm, okay. Now, mm. speaking of the topic tonight, can you tell us what the topic is? So tonight's topic is living with HIV, um, and we have a special guest who will remain anonymous, but the guest is HIV positive, um, and it takes a lot of courage to actually, you know, come on the internet and just talk to strangers that you don't know about your status. And he's going to basically talk about, you know, living with HIV, the symptoms that he experienced, how the disease has changed his life, and what life was like before he had, um, before he contracted HIV. And also, I just want the listeners, people out there listening to really fully understand how the disease is really impacting the African-American community. So it's going to be a good show. I'm excited about it. Word up. So, people, if you want to call up 646-200-3462, once again, that number is 646-200-3462. And right now we have our special guest. Let's bring him on. We're going – Fred is his name. Fred, how are you? I'm doing fine. And yourself? Oh, man, cannot call it again. That's I guess that's my trademark. I always say that when somebody asks me how I'm doing, can't call it. <laughs> 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 DZ, before we get started, I just want to make sure we reiterate that, you know, people, you are welcome to call, the listeners are welcome to call, but I ask that, you know, everybody remain respectful of everyone's opinions. Like I said, it takes a lot of courage to, you know, talk about your disease status and to bring that to light and um, bring awareness to the community. So once again, Fred, thank you so, so much for reaching out to Brown Sugar and Spice and coming on to the show. And just to uh, piggyback off of what Dr. Faye said, I do have an in button on, on my studio, so it's not a problem if if, if it goes sideways. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I'm that type of host. Okay. So uh, let's get right into it. Fred, so uh, tell us about I – I, I don't want to step ahead of myself. Tell us about HIV. Hmm. It, For better, um, Fred, before you even start with that, give the give the listeners a little bit of background information about yourself and when you first were diagnosed with HIV. Let's start with that. Um, it was three years ago. Um, I was in a relationship with uh, 
partner at that time. Um, going good or whatever. Um, but there had been hearsay, let's say the hearsay, of that my partner at the time was. I, per se, a lot of people need to be like this and not believe what people say on the streets because they'll tell you anything. So okay. um, I was always that person. Every three months I would go get tested. Uh, at this particular time, Maybe about six months had rolled by, and I I did not. So at this time of finding out that my partner was, I went and go and went and got tested and wasn't. But of course, six months later I was. So we took that, you know, that route or go ahead and figure out the next steps, like getting on medication or whatever the case may be. Um, I was blessed because I wasn't like others to kind of experience a lot of side effects. I really didn't have no rash, no bumps, or anything like that to give me an inclination that, okay, something is wrong with my body. So, um, were, you, were you just, did you routinely get tested? Like, what prompted you to get tested? Was it the rumors, or that was something you just did on your own? It was just, it was just something For I you. did, because I, I felt like I wasn't I wasn't that active to enough, but I felt like you never know what the last person had. Correct. So if okay. you're not in the habit of routine checking yourself, you can never say who pinpoint gave it to you, even if you yourself know your partners. But if you don't get tested, you don't know if that person before that one gave it to you. Oh, okay, okay. Another question. So was your partner male or female? Male. Okay. All right. So, and so, like, what? how did that change your relationship? You know, once you found out you were both HIV positive, how did that change or affect your relationship? Slightly, um, as far as not the interaction, but the trust factor, because I had been asking for a while um, whether the room was true, and of course, there was a reply, no. Um, and when he went and got tested, he did not inform me. So that was just confusing to me that you would go get tested and not inform me, okay, well, we need to go together. So was he having symptoms? That I know of, I don't know, because, again, it just was out the blue that he went and got tested. Mm. I mean, because it just sounds strange for me for a person just to go up and out the blue, especially like, you know, in your community with a lot of rumors circulating around, you know, that right. a person would up and go and get tested. Cause, I mean, from a personal standpoint, if I hear that my partner um, is possibly HIV positive, I'm not going to take those rumors lightly given the severity of the disease. So I just want to know, like, what made you, like, ignore the rumors, if multiple people are saying, hey, well, the guy you're is HIV positive. It really wasn't multiple because I'm not from the area. So a lot of okay. people I didn't know. So it wasn't, you know, like, I mean, I didn't know if it was true. My only thing is to bring it to my partner and see if, but at that time I was still getting tested. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me ask you this. How... How do you go about, first of all, having 
a conversation like that with your partner? Uh, is butterflies? Do you feel, is it difficult, or are you just to the point where okay, it needs to happen? Oh uh, well, it wasn't never. It wasn't hard because me, me and him had we could talk about anything. Let's say that at that time we could talk about anything. So it, I, I just brought it up. I was just like, well, look, this particular person, because it wasn't directly from the person. It was what was brought back to me that someone else had said. So uh-huh. it wasn't never direct to me. It was always from other people who said other people said this. So uh-huh. it wasn't never direct. So I was like, well, look, you're from here. I'm not. So uh-huh. it's, it's true. Like, this is what people are saying. So, but again, it was always no. So, but so I had my results. Track. I, just, okay. I just didn't know he. No, I, okay. So when he con when he contracted it, was it a point where you approached him about it, or did he volunteer the information to let you know he had it? Uh, when he came home from finding out the results. So after two weeks of not even telling me that he wouldn't got tested or anything like that, um, he came home and he was very distant. So I was like, what's wrong? And then he broke down and told me. So that's when I knew. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, wow. So, so yeah. Fred, let me ask you this. So, you know, given, given your lifestyle, you know, you are – a man who, you know, sleeps with other males, like, were you aware of the dangers of that type of relationship? And I have nothing against, you know, homosexuality, you know, males who like other males, but according to CDC statistics, that men who have sex with men have the largest number of new HIV diagnoses in the United States, particularly African-American men. Like, did that ever, like, resonate with you you know, each time you, like, became intimate with a partner? Well, with him, it wasn't all the time as far as unprotected. So Mm -hmm. it had been maybe a year that we had been together before unprotected had even happened. So, yeah, uh-huh. the thoughts of what came in my head, but at the same time, I I, I trusted and instilled in that person that we were one. And, at, 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 again, it happens with heterosexual relationships where you think that your wife or your husband is being faithful and only you're the only person that they're – have an intimacy with and it's not. Mm. So it's like that's, it's like that's true. It's like playing Russian roulette with your life and and pretty much everyone does it. Okay. What do you mean by everyone does it? Not as not as in everyone in the world, but everyone that's in a relationship is playing Russian roulette when you decide with that person to go unprotected. Gotcha. So, so let me ask you this, and this is a, a rather personal question. Um, so have you always 
you know, or let me rephrase that. Have you exclusively been intimate with men? Like, have you ever had relationships with females? I have. Okay. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> and I mean, did they did, well, were they aware of you know your history of of dating men or like how how did that come about? The last woman I was with, yes, was aware. Um, so you told her that, like, hey, you know, yes, I also anything, sleep with men. Before we, even, before we even became in a relationship or started dating, let me say that, before we started dating, uh, we both were, I guess, taking around the issue that we both had feelings for each other because we had a mutual friend. We both were telling this mutual friend that we would, you know, want to get to know that each other more. And she was like, well, look, y'all just need to talk to each other because both of y'all are telling me the same thing. So when me and her had that conversation, I was like, well, are you aware that I'm bi? And she was like, yeah, I, I, I know that. But my thing is, and let me put this out there, uh, I would never and never have messed with a woman and a man at the same time. Uh, okay. Because I feel like you can't tell a you, you I can't tell the man or the woman that I love them if I'm behind their back doing it to someone else. That uh, I don't I don't do that. Uh. So l- let so, me ask let me, you this question. Go ahead, Dee. Sorry, I'm like taking up all the questions. No, I was just I I was just asking. Okay, as as far her as far as her response to that. That you, you know, are, are bisexual. Um, she still wanted to continue seeing you. You guys were you guys sexually active? I hope I'm not getting too personal. Um, what, what, how, what was the dynamic of you guys' relationship? Well, at that time, of course, that was oof, uh, maybe six years ago. So six years ago. Mm-hmm. My status wasn't a part of the dynamic, so it was easy for us to just have that connection. So, yes, we were intimate, um, and, yes, it was protective. Uh, The relationship didn't last that long uh, upon differences, uh, but for the most part, had a good connection, was very open with each other. Uh, I've had more of a very open communication as far as personal and about body wise and health, better with women than I have with men. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, Freyla, let me ask you this question. I know you just said that you have never, you know, been dishonest about, you know, your sexuality if you're with, you know, a woman or a guy, but have you ever um, dated or been intimate with a guy who wasn't honest mm-hmm. with their partner? who was, in fact, you know, pretending he, had, he was living a double life. On one end, he's, you know, a man with a family, and to much of the community's um, knowledge, he's a heterosexual male. But behind closed doors, you know, he's dealing with you. Can you elaborate on any experiences like that? I knew this question was coming. Um, I have. Um, but at that time, no. I I wasn't aware of the marriage or relationship or whatever the case may be 
until after the fact. So did you did you feel like you should like inform his partner um of the of your relationship with him since you know this person wasn't being honest about living a double life? I ooh, that that's a uh, hard question. Um, no, I never felt like I should step in the place of someone else marriage um it wasn't like i was in a area of like knowing them and in the vicinity of them for a long period of time i just so happens to stumble upon the information that they were married so um, so i never felt like okay well i do need to tell this woman what has happened if that makes sense Okay. So you well, you did or you didn't tell her? I did. Okay. What what is the uh common misconception? Well, first let's let's go back. I know you said that you re- routinely got checkups every 3 months. Is that is that correct? So the one time that you didn't get the checkup, you said you went up, you guys went about 6 months. Six months. I'm curious for, for the first part of the question is what caused you not to get that routine checkup that you so that you were so accustomed to. Well, that was, when this was around the time uh, I, I got out the service, and I really wasn't dealing with anyone in that manner. So I was like, okay, well, for me, it wasn't so. I, I, it wasn't important at that time to me. It might sound crazy, but it wasn't important because I wasn't dealing with anyone at that time to make sure my status was still the same because after the last time I got tested, it was still maybe about a month and a half that I hadn't messed with anyone. So I was like, okay, whatever. But within the six, the six months, um, I think me and my partner at the time had been together for about four months. And then I was like, okay, then we started, then the intimacy started. And then a year later, up in up in that time we was together, then that's when I was like, okay, something's right. And then I found out about his status, and then I let me go get tested. And then that's when all of that transpired. Mm-hmm. And Let me ask you this. What How many the, people in your – go ahead, Dee sorry. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. So let me, let me ask you this question. So how many people, like, in your social circle that you know of are HIV positive? Yeah. Um, okay, in my social circle, one okay. that I know of. I don't I don't deal with too many people, so I would I would have to tell you one. Now, okay, out, outside of that circle, uh, associates that I know, a lot. Mm. Oh wow! Now, with with those associates that you know, let me ask you this: um, Do are a lot of I know you know, but do 
their partners or a lot of the individuals that they're associating with are they do they know that they're HIV? That, that um, they know. The now the, this is why I said they're associates. Um, I per se don't know everyone they have deal with, or I don't <laughs> approve of how they live day to day. Uh, but mm-hmm. some people who I've met casual conversations um, lately, they didn't know, but they found out. So it had already happened, wow. and then they found out. So if that wow. happened, so were they? So during the period when they didn't know, I mean, I don't know if they were like divulge this information to you. Are you aware of them having unprotected sex with people and not knowing their status? And the reason I ask that is because. Statistics say that of all of the African-Americans in this country who are indeed HIV positive, at least 14% don't even know that they have it. And that's a scary statistic. Yes, that is. Uh, And I would say in the region I'm in, uh, there's a lot of people are scared of that knowing fact, um, if they have it or not. So they sit back and judge those who are open about it, but yet don't know their status. Mm. Oh wow! So let let me In ask other- you this: when when people when you when you I mean when you have conversations with people, and or let's let's talk about these associates. Let's say you have conversations with these associates, and you know they. Uh, Tell you that information that they're HIV positive. Now, the people that are around that that hang around them or they are affiliated with them in some type of relationship, whether it be sexual or whether it be romantic or friendship-wise, do you feel a certain responsibility? Because let's just say one of those people that you that's that's your associate that that's with your associates or hang out with your associates. Let's say they have no clue. Do you feel some type of responsibility, not so much to tell them, but to maybe drop hints or maybe be like, have you been tested? Maybe you should get tested or what? Um, I was placed in that predicament. Um, First, I would say I, I don't feel it's my responsibility to openly tell a person's status. Um, but there was uh, a predicament I was in. I, I knew two of the people, um, and one of the one of the uh, people that I knew wasn't uh, as far as positive. But he was meeting one that I heard from a reliable source of that person that she was. Or well, I'm not going to say she, but let's say he. Was and I say, well, um, just make sure the important questions are asked because mm-hmm. I mean, and I left it at that because at the end of the day, if I say any more than that, then it's like, okay, what? And I, I don't never want to place myself in that place where I have to say it, so I I just say, mm-hmm. look, make sure you ask the important questions and go from there. So, but again, it, I don't think it was asked, so. Let let me ask you this. So, perfect segue. Um, So, from 2005 to 2014, the number of new HIV 
diagnosis among young African-American gay and bisexual men between the ages of 13 to 24 increased 87%. And this is despite, you know, the education, the awareness that's going on with the disease. Like, why do you think that is the case? Uh, No one wants to have that talk. Everyone is scared of that HIV AIDS. It's you every nowadays the only question that people are asking and it's it's not even direct, it's it's asking in a broad way, are you clean? I, I hate that word because I, I I don't even get the meaning of it while you're asking that because you're not asking an important question. The right. important question should be when the last time you got tested do you have any STDs? Have you ever been tested for HIV positive? Any of that is no, that I had never been tested as far as that, or I've never been tested for STDs, then those two people don't need to have that kind of one-on-one. Mm. But you're saying but that is occurring despite, you know, people saying no. People are going to say no. And so, like, like, how do you respond to that? Because, A, they could be not truthful about it, or they simply just don't want to know. And despite the dangers, they're still engaging in risky behaviors in the first place. And not only is it affecting, like, I don't want listeners to think, like, oh, you know, this is a gay disease. It's also affecting, you know, heterosexuals, especially African-American women. So in our community between, you know, men who sleep with men and heterosexual women, we are at the most risk of anybody. And that's scary because everybody likes sex. It's a enjoyable experience. It's a part of human nature. But it shouldn't have that type of stigma or dangers attached to it. And I'm just trying to figure out, like, what's the best way for us to educate ourselves, to protect ourselves from this disease? It's not as crippling anymore as it was in the 80s when it first came out. And, you know, people are living right. longer with the retrovirals, but if if you have an eighty seven percent increase, that's a problem. And for it even is. for you know African American women, um, it's 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 stabilized. I wouldn't say it's decreased, but you know even that's a high number for us. And it's a major problem. And I'm always trying to figure out the mis the mismatch. I got heterosexual women over here, you know, who being infected, and then I have homosexual men being infected. So I'm just trying to figure out what is going on in our community that is putting us at such a substantial risk. Yeah, I can't now I can't speak for a, a, a large number as that percentage you just spoke upon. I would just speak in general as say that topic it's not being had. It's like it's taboo in certain – it's taboo in that first initial communication with someone that you're trying to get to know because a lot of people are attracted to the the look, the the popularity. So it's just let, let me get this thrill and move on. If it progresses to something else, then we good because I, me and this person look good together and we happy for the moment until real situations – pop up and they can't handle it and they separate and move to the next one without handling all the important facts 
in the beginning. Let, let me ask this. What, because uh, I'm, I'm going to speak from a, a completely ignorant standpoint right now. Let's say, you know, you have at least one person listening right now, and they're nervous, they're scared, they don't know what to do. Can you, I, I guess, explain some of the symptoms or some of the, I guess, I don't even know how to explain it, how a person uh, that should lead a person to get tested for HIV? Um, and these symptoms might sound weird, uh, mm-hmm. but I would say at least most people have some of these symptoms. Uh, migraines, if it's out of the norm, um, night sweats, but the night sweats are not just normal night sweats. I mean, it's like you think you're sick, pouring sweat in the middle of the night. Uh, chills. Uh, there's sort of a, I'm not going to say heat rash, but let's say heat rash in your groin area. Then that is one of the regular uh, symptoms that most get in the beginning, but don't mm-hmm. play any attention. Um, kind of like bloody gums, but it's, you know, most people kind of move that towards gingivitis, but it's, it's totally mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. It's what? like really out of normal. Okay. This is this is the Brown Sugar and Spice show. If y'all if y'all listening and wanna call up and listen, six four six two zero zero three four six two. We're talking about living with AIDS. Uh go ahead, Doctor Faye. So let let me ask you this. So like tell the listeners like so you've been diagnosed with HIV, like what's your what's your um, treatment plan for that Like how many pills do you take a day How often do you have to see your doctor Like what comes along with You know living with HIV It really Depends on uh, The individual uh, What the doctor feels That will work to get them To an undetectable state For me um, I do one pill Um it works better for my individual day-to-day schedule um, so I can keep track of that. Uh, but I know some people take three to four pills a day. Um, so they have this Monday through Sunday pill track to keep them on balance. So uh, it really just depends on the individual and their doctor. I personally go to see my doctor, I think it's every three months, uh, to get a, a checkup. Check your weight, mm-hmm. check your vitals, uh, check everything, just to make sure there's nothing out of the norm that has happened, make sure you're you're not missing any of your meds or anything like that. Uh, so at, they, they are pretty adamant on making sure you're taking meds. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me ask you this. Is it, do you find that that process – you know, cumbersome and exhausting and tiring to, you know, you got to take a pill every day or this person has to take several pills a day and constant checkups. And the reason I ask this is because in 2013, 
CDC reported that 79% um, of people were linked to HIV medical care within three months, but then only 51% were retained in HIV care. And then another statistic said that, you know, in 2012, only 37% of African-Americans living with HIV um, were actually being treated for the disease. And then, you know, then only 29% had achieved, you know, viral suppression. So is it is it difficult for people, maybe not for you, but would you say for others who have to take four or five pills and don't have the means, like, how difficult is it for you to stick to that treatment plan? Um, it's not difficult because at the end of the day, it's about my life. Mm. Uh, when you care about yourself, and, I mean, it might it might sound crazy to whoever is listening, like, well, what he means by if he says if you care about his life, but he didn't care enough to protect himself. Well, you know, you can't really think about that because not everybody wear a condom every time they have sex. So what I mean by caring about myself, I'm in this place, I'm at an age to where I have to accept what has happened. So in order for me to live longer, I have to make sure that I take my medicine to keep me where Uh I need to be and body where it needs to be. So at this point, I have to care about myself enough to make sure that I take that one pill a day and do what I need to do at this point. And I won't have to worry about anything to the good Lord say, okay, well, it's time for you to come home. Follow-up question. Uh, follow question. Um, you know, for for that, again, for that individual that's, that's out there that that may have just discovered that they have have contracted HIV, are there are there certain stages for for you? Cause, I mean, I I would say this. <clears throat> I'm very impressed by the way that you have responded, and you and you know again, well not again, but I want to thank you definitely for coming to, coming on to the show to speak about this. My thing is okay. What what about the individuals? Are there stages of acceptance to this? Basically, what I'm saying is. You seem like you have a real grasp on the situation that you know you 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 are HIV and you have HIV. I'm sorry, and you you know you're, you're speaking from a strong standpoint. So what I'm saying is, what do you say to the individual that's listening that doesn't know how to handle it? Like, are there days you want to give up? You know what I'm saying? Have you accepted the fact that you have this and you're not letting it deter you. Like, what what is a day to day for Fred? Oh, uh, let me say where I'm at now. It took three years to get here. It's just a, okay. every. It's a, it's a day to day fight to figure out what's my next step so that I won't lose my mind. But at the end of the day. I was raised in the church. So mm-hmm. as far as having that belief in there's a higher power, I have to keep believing in that because if I don't, everything that goes on with me, every thought that I have that's negative, it will consume me. And mm-hmm. I will forget that I'm here because. I wake up every day because of him. So I can't let mm-hmm. you know, this disease, you know, take over me now maybe 
a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, it could have mm-hmm. because I was very depressed, still pissed off, like mad. I, I'm not going to say mad at the world, but mm-hmm. half to half mad at myself and mad at my partner at that time because as adults we made a decision and mm-hmm. it placed us at a place to now we have to deal with it for the rest of our life. So okay. uh, being depressed about that, dep- depressed about the steps before everything and the medicine I was on was intensifying it. So, of course, mm-hmm. I, was going to, I was going to see the shrink. Uh, I was doing a lot. But at the end of the day, I just sat down one day and I was just like, why? Well, why am I doing all this mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I'm the one who's making it now, I'm not making it worse, but I'm letting the situation take over me. So I changed mm-hmm. the medicine I was on because my doctor said it was intensifying my mood swings. It was doing a lot. So mm-hmm. I just changed the medicine and slowly but surely got myself back to where I knew I started going back to church. I just put my focus into me instead of what was going on with me. Mm. So... What do you say, you know, to the, the to the, uh, of, of course, you know, I talk about the person that listening might be scared and don't know how to deal with it. Let's talk about the ignorant person for a second. What do you oh. say to the ignorant person that's listening? It's like, well, I mean, he's gay. That's why he contracted it. That's not going to happen to me. I'm, I'm heterosexual. I only sleep with women. I'm not worried about that. I'm good. This is what I, I say to that. For every time a man goes unprotected and any woman that's not, well, I'm not going to say that's not his wife, but any woman that he possibly ain't going to see tomorrow as far as in a relationship and have a child with that one, that's a risk. Mm. It's just like holding a gun to your head. You got nine bullets or whatever kind of gun you have. You click and that bullet don't shoot you. You you live to save another day. But who's to say when you get to that next round that it don't come out and shoot you? That's the same thing as being homosexual. That's the same thing a heterosexual is doing every day playing Russian roulette. You got five kids, but you see this gay person who has HIV. You want to say he's gay, I ain't going to get it. But you got five kids, so that means the same thing I was doing, not wearing a protection. You wasn't. So you can't judge the next one if you're doing the same thing, just different. Because who's to say mm-hmm. you sleeping with her, she ain't sleeping with the next one, that she ain't asked the same questions that you didn't ask. Mm-hmm. So do you think, hey, my, like, my a big part of the problem, sorry, um, these let me ask this question. So do you think a big part of the problem is that people just aren't communicating? Like, it's such a taboo topic that you know, we're just simply not asking and being truthful about our status, or we just simply don't know. Like, from I this don't think, point moving I don't forward, think it's like that is, I don't know, or we just not having that topic. I hear it all the time, and I just look at it, and I don't say anything. But the ignorant standpoint is, it's a homosexual disease, and it's not right. 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 So, like. For, like when you're dating now, like how do you bring up this topic, you know, with a potential partner, 
you, like, I would how say do you broach that topic when you say I'm HIV positive? Is that awkward for you? Like, how do you, it, it, how do you it, bring it that up? This day is, I'm not going to say it's not awkward, but it do kind of put me on edge a little, but I have to have it. So it's no if, ands, or buts about it. But right now I'm single, and I've been single for quite some time now. But um, when anyone approached me, even if it's in my inbox, on Facebook, or wherever the case may be, where is it? I want to get to know you, or wherever the case may be. Well, if you want to get to know me, here's what you need to know. I'm HIV undetectable. Mm-hmm. Now, where we go from there, it's on that person, but I'm st- I stop you at the gate because I don't want to have no conversation with no one, get down the line, then they want to say, well, you know, how about we take this a step further? No, we can't take this a step further because I need to tell you something. No, I'm not going to waste your time. I don't want you to feel like I have wasted yours. So, therefore, I stop Mm -hmm. you before you even get to know my age, before you get to know where I'm from, before you even get to know my name, really. Do do you Mm -hmm. have any regrets? Like, is there anything you feel like if you could do over, you would do over? Yes. Um, I would, I, I regret thinking that love was enough to save my life. Mm. Love is not God. So regardless of the fact that you love this person, that person could not love you enough or love themselves. Let me say this. That person could not love themselves enough to protect themselves and protect you. So you thinking that okay y'all good because yeah this person loves me she loves me we yeah we we rocking with each other we only we only being exclusive to each other no love don't have nobody's name on it it's just a four letter word that everybody uses. Hmm. But let me let me ask you this 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 is my last question. Um, how how's life now? You know with the with you, you know accepting it. How's life as far as, like, relationships, like, with your family and, you know what I'm saying, like, people that just, that that you have had conversations with and know your situation? Um, blood family, no one knows. Okay. Uh, well, two, I'll say that, two people that... That's blood related. No, um, as far as relationship wise, uh, again, I haven't had one, uh, in maybe oof, two years now. Uh, but for the most part, every day, it's it's, it's just. I mean, I'm still coping with it. I haven't fully accepted it. Um, okay. It's a process. I mean, it, it, it's, it's just like any other disease. It, it could take forever, I mean, for me mm-hmm. to fully accept it, but I'm getting close. I can't say that. I have. Do you have a relationship with with the, the young man that you was with? Do you have any type of communication at all? Um, I, I do not. That, that person can see me in the street and will not speak to me. Um, wow. But... And wow. you know, all I can do Man, is pray for the individual. Um, when you know, I was always told when someone has 
done something wrong to you and they can't even either be in the same area, same room, or even speak to you when they see you, it's something they're holding within themselves, not nothing towards you. So does you he blame you, you or does he he just he's just mad he's just embarrassed? Yeah, I, I, I really don't know to be honest. I think the last conversation we've had, I wouldn't even say a conversation, it was an argument and there was so many words that came out and the last thing that I can remember I still remember to this day like it was just through text because the most I get or have gotten was through text and it seemed like you know that liquor courage when people are texting or Facebook <laughs> right. whatever the case may be <laughs> and it's the the word, the words that I still remember, like it was said to my face, was I don't even believe I did it. Wow. So, so he, he mm. essentially thinks you gave it to him. Well, no, that no, no. He don't think that he infected me. So but he thinks you gave it to him. him. Wow. I, I think wow. he think I got. From somewhere else and not him. That's what I'm thinking he's getting from it. I'm guessing like he has to. He has it. I don't understand that. But again, I I just after that it it placed me because here I am. Even when he came out and said he was, I said okay. You know, at that point. I was already into the relationship. I was into the feelings. You know, we we were strong. I was like, well, look, we can work through this. We just got to make sure you get, you know, you on your meds or whatever case, we're going to make sure we're good at that, you know, from here on out. Like, we have to make sure everything is together. Uh, We can't do no more of unprotected and everything like that. So I, at a place, knowing that, okay, well, that that would be fucked up, excuse my language, uh, messed up to just, leave someone at a vulnerable time that who I said I love, uh, I care for, and they just broke down to me and admitted something. It was like, well, if you want to leave, leave, but this is the situation. So I'm like, well, why would I? But then when I turn around and say, okay, well, now I am, it's like, okay, well, I don't think I did. No, no. We got to bag this up. So that's where we at. You know, this point. But every day, I just, I just, I just pray for him. You know, yeah. At the end of the day, I am not losing any sleep over it because septic what has happened. I pray for him because at the end of the day, I know I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong to him. So since you're not in a relationship and you've been single for a while, you know, your your family doesn't really know, maybe a few friends, like, what do you use as a support system? Because that's a lot to deal with. Um, right. Especially, you know, you don't really have that, that strong support system. Like, are there groups, you know, available support groups for people who are indeed HIV positive in your area? In your area? Um, if so, do you attend them? If not, you know, is that something that you would like to see happen in your community? And let's go a step further. Not 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 only are there groups. Is there some type of you know website or you know anything social media wise that that these people can you know now, go to? Or, 
I should have pulled the passes because they do give you that, and they do have it. Um, I would say where where I'm at in the area is not one, but there is one maybe about almost an hour away, but they would even, if you want to come, they would even send, you know, a van to come get you or whatever the case may be. When I go to my, when I was going through my depression stage and I was going to see the shrink and she was telling me about all of this and I was like, well, I'm not at that place that I have accepted it. So me coming in a support system group, um, it for me, it wouldn't make me comfortable because I wouldn't I, I wasn't comfortable in talking to anyone about it yet. So being around strangers and talking about it that 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 wouldn't have made me comfortable because mm-hmm. I wasn't even comfortable talking with people who I hold dear to me. So why would I feel comfortable in front of strangers? So but they do have it. Um, you I mean they give you the pamphlet you can call or whatever the case may be. Um, but for the most part, I I didn't at first, uh, but I do now have support system people that I can talk to. Uh, my small circle that I keep around me that I can call if I feel some type of way. But the, for the most part, for me, I've always been able to get over things that bother me. Like I can just hell, I can go in my room right now and sleep about it, and I wake up in the morning and it won't bother me for that, you know, for a couple of more days. But I just don't. I grew up not letting stuff get to me that often. So now it's just like I can deal with certain issues. I mean, you but this one is a little person. But let me ask you, so what do you want the audience to know, I mean, about, you know, HIV in your life, like, why did you reach out to Brown Sugar and Spice? Like, what was the purpose of that? That no one is exempt from getting a disease. Okay. Um, uh, Like, a lot of people think just because we're in love, we're exclusive, like, yeah, I don't have to worry about it. No. Unless you and that person are, let's say, are working towards, uh, uh, first off, you got to have a strong foundation in order to know that. And no one is perfect. So, again, you can't just say this person is rocking with you. If you have a strong foundation and you work, if you're trying to work on a family, that means both of you all are constantly going to the doctor and getting tested and making sure everything is right. If y'all not doing it, don't go unprotected. I agree. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you know what, Fred? I want to personally, I want to commend you for coming on tonight. Thank you so much for the information. And, you know, if anybody is is listening that, you know, is is in the same situation or dealing with it or further along or way behind, trying to figure out how to deal with this situation, think this can guide them into some kind of, you know, uh, confidence to deal with it a lot better. So, you know, um, what are what are you, the last, what is the last thing that you want somebody to take away from this interview? Whatever your thoughts are. 
um, my thoughts is just be first off, um, in order to accept anything that goes on in your life, you have to fully accept yourself. If you can't accept yourself or, or love yourself enough to fully be 100 with yourself, you can't be 100 with nobody else. Amen. And you can't expect it from anyone else if you're not being 100 with them. Regardless if the the topic is taboo or you're just scared to have that topic because this person might think you have it because you're asking do they have it. No. If that's the case, then that person just missing out on what may be a blessing. But if you can't have that topic with the person that you want to be with, then obviously something's wrong. Have the topic and love yourself and everything to be all right. Well, Fred, I will tell you this. Thank you. And when I say this, I truly mean this. I don't say this to a lot of guests. Thank you so much for coming on the show and, you know, giving this interview to the people because this is a topic that is very, very much slept on. And people, as you alluded to and Dr. Faye alluded to, you know, they just don't accept it. They just ignore it. So thank you so much for coming on. And if there's ever a time you want to come on and give us another interview, great interview like this again, don't hesitate to uh, reach out to us. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. That was Fred. (laughs) Wow. That was a great interview, eye-opening interview. Wow. You know, as a physician, you know – Go ahead. No, no, I'm just I'm just in awe because you know, a lot of things even even myself I I'm like I didn't think about things the way that he put it. You know what I'm saying? And that's one of the reasons why I think, you know, this show is gonna be impactful on this network because you know, as you as you stated, you're a physician and I'm just I'm pretty much coming in as the regular guy. Like I'm gonna ask the questions that you know, we we might be scared to ask, but you know what I'm saying, or think it's a stupid question. But I'm going to ask those questions for these people that don't want to ask them, and you're going to bring, you know, the statistics along to explain to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because a lot of stuff that you was mentioning, I had no idea about. But go ahead, the floor is yours, Doctor Faith. <laughs> well, I'm I'm really just happy that he came out and spoke about it because as a physician. You know, we're always the one who are, who's providing information, but mm-hmm. you don't really spend enough time with the patient to really understand, A, what they're going through, what they've been through, you know, how they contracted the disease. He's just mainly there to, like, you know, show support mm-hmm. and also treat the patient. But I really wanted listeners to get an in-depth, you know, in- intimate interview with a person who's actually living with the disease. And there's just so much information out there about HIV that I feel like listeners – don't know, especially African Americans. And I'm about to just like start fitting off statistics for people who may be unaware of the significant impact that this disease is having just among African Americans, period. So at the end of 2012, it was estimated that 496,500 African Americans were living with HIV. That's 500,000 mm. people. That's representing at least 
41% of all Americans living with the virus. That's a substantial amount of people considering the fact that we only make up 12% of the population. Mm. So, I mean, I don't think people really put that into perspective. And I got the motivation to do this show when the I'm sorry, the statistic came out that in Georgia, one in 51 people in their lifetime will be diagnosed with HIV. That's worse than some third world countries. And it doesn't make it's it's baffling to me given that one, we're the United States of America and the greatest countries in the world with the most resources, the most expensive healthcare system in the world, and yet we are producing these numbers in our community that's affecting us. So I really wanted listeners to fully understand what is going on and to protect themselves because the disease is preventable with the right amount of effort, resources, and education, and with mm-hmm. African Americans being significantly impacted by it, it's it's a scary situation. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, it's like Russian roulette. You don't know who you're having. Well, you do know who you're having sex with. You just don't know the status. And given those statistics, it could be me. It could be you. It could be someone we love. It could be a friend. With anyone who's in a monogamous relationship, you think you're in a monogamous relationship, and like you said, it's based off of love. And then you go get tested and you're HIV positive and it sets you back. Because you you're like, why me? I can't believe this happened to me. But it's hard to really control it if your, your community is being affected like that. So I just really wanted people to understand what's going on, the numbers, 1 in 51, to protect yourselves. If you live in cities like Jackson, Mississippi, Atlanta, Georgia, Washington, D.C., Houston, Texas, New Orleans, Louisiana, Miami, Florida, these are cities with high incidence rates of HIV. It just it is what it is. And I think people need to really fully understand that and be able to be in a position to protect themselves. And what better way than to have an interview with someone who's actually living with the disease? Mm-hmm. So that's my little people. spiel. That's what we talking it's about. It's all about awareness. awareness. Like it's scary. It's scary, you know, the unknown, but go get tested. Know your status. Um, get, go get tested with your partner. Make it like, you know, a joint yeah. venture where you both get tested and know your status so that you can protect yourself uh-huh. and have a happy sex life regardless if your partner is male or female, whatever you choose to be. It doesn't matter. Just be aware. Go get tested. It doesn't cost that mm-hmm. much. And, you know, it's just what you want to be. It's all about what yeah. you want to be, your perspective in life. Just be healthy. Regardless of the cost, people, like, and, you know, I, and I understand what Dr. Faye said, but regardless of the price, you need to get tested. Like, that's that's just common sense, you know, and we we just got to be more aware as a black people, you know, what, how our lives can be affected by this, you know. So that's pretty much it, man. I got, we got to leave on a high note. I thought this was a great interview, you know, and – I just hope, if anything, it touches somebody that might be going through this or, you know, don't know how to handle this. You know, it takes time. So, other than that, uh, Dr. Faye, do you want to give us Twitter, Instagram, anything? (laughs) You guys can follow me on Twitter. Um, You can at me. It's L-D-Y, Superfly, with an E, not an A. And also on IG, same name, L-D-Y, Superfly, with an E, not an A. I don't post that much, but 
uh, when I do is either humorous or I like to be informative. So, you know, stay tuned on the show. You know, this is my second show, but hopefully, you know, I'm open to feedback to getting better. And I hope you guys tune in next time. The next show would be on July 14th with the cocktail bandits. It's, um, very successful group of uh, or two young African-American ladies who are entrepreneurs basically created something out of nothing, very inspiring story. So tune in in about two weeks for the next show or the next round of um, inspirational stories. And thank you all for listening. Yeah. Yeah. I know what it is with me. Man. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram at VPD. That's V-P-D-E-E-Z-Y. <clears throat> Make sure y'all join all the Facebook uh, I'm sorry, y'all like our Facebook entertainment page at Official Culture Radio. That's Official Culture, spelled with a K, radio. And, um, you know, check out our YouTube channel. Um, I'm definitely going to be putting in some work this weekend. We're going to get these interviews up and going on YouTube. So you guys can listen to them as much as you like on the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is the OKR Radio. That's T-H-E-O-K-R Radio. And you, if you want to uh, follow our entertainment uh, social media, it's OKR Radio on Twitter and OKR Radio on Instagram. So thank you guys so much. I'm going to end this show with a little Heather Headley. You know what I'm saying? And we'll see you all July 14th. Have a good one. Thank you to some
don't go to geico.com car insurance can be confusing like swedish techno confusing bark bark meow meow dance with me purple cow bark bark meow meow Ooh, you lovely cow geico makes it easy with 24 7 access all you have to do is go to geico.com and you could save money on car insurance it just makes sense unlike you know dance with me purple cow i like your mood 